While I increasingly wonder if I am a cartoon character, I am certain I am not the subject of National Donald's Duck Day. And if you listen to the beginning of the podcast version, which you just did, you have proof. Additionally, my name is not Earl, and I am not sure an entire day needs to be devoted to strawberry rhubarb pie. I am certain I'm Sean Tubbs, and that the show really begins now. On today's program, another federal lawsuit is filed to seek a House of Delegates race this year. The Louisa County Board of Supervisors goes on record unanimously opposing a change to the name of the regional library system. The head of the area's Tourism Bureau briefs Charlottesville City Council on hotel occupancy and efforts to promote Black-owned destinations. And Virginia is to receive $75 million from the latest carbon allowance auction run by the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, have you been thinking of converting your fossil fuel appliances and furnaces into something that will help the community reduce its greenhouse gas emissions? Your local energy nonprofit, LEAP, has launched a new program to guide you through the steps toward electrifying your home. Thermalize Virginia will help you understand electrification and connect you with vetted contractors to get the work done and help you find any rebates or discounts. Visit thermalizeva.org to learn more and to sign up. Another Richmond area resident has filed a federal lawsuit in the Eastern District of Virginia, claiming that the House of Delegates boundaries in place for the November 2021 election are unconstitutional. The action comes two days after a three-judge panel ruled that Paul Goldman did not have the legal standing to make that claim that the Board of Elections erred in certifying elections for outdated legislative boundaries. Jeffrey Thomas Jr. had filed to be added to a suit filed by Goldman last October, but Monday's opinion rendered that request to intervene moot. Yesterday, Thomas filed a petition of mandamus that asks the court to consider his claim that he has suffered a legal injury because the 71st House District, where he resides, has a 2020 census count that contains more people than it should to be considered a legal district. Plaintiff and all other voters and residents in House District 71 have had their voting strength and political representation unconstitutionally diluted or weakened by their failure of defendants to conduct, enact, or oversee decennial constitutional reapportionment, redistricting, or elections. Paragraph 17 of the petition states that the smallest House district in Virginia has a population of 71,122, and that the largest has a population of 130,082 people. Thomas states his own district is 10% over the ideal size, and that the Virginia Constitution doesn't permit a deviation above 5%. Paragraph 29 and 30 point out that Thomas is now within the 78th House District, which has a population of 87,774 people within the constitutionally acceptable range. Thomas seeks a repeat of 1982, when a federal court ordered elections for the House of Delegates for similar reasons in the Cosner v. Dalton case. Conducting House of Delegates elections in 2022 under constitutional lines is a proper remedy under the Costner precedent. 
Thomas is requesting that attorneys for the Commonwealth of Virginia make a reply or file a motion to dismiss within 48 hours of their receipt of the petition. At their meeting this past Monday, the seven-member Board of Supervisors for Louisa County voted on a resolution to formally oppose any change of the name of the Jefferson-Madison Regional Library System. A group requested that action at the most recent meeting of the JMRL's Board of Trustees. Supervisor Chair Dwayne Adams of the Mineral District asked for the resolution to be put on the agenda. I think about $392,000 of our tax money uh, it goes to funding the Jefferson Madison Regional Library Authority. Um, we have a right to say how our money is spent. Adams said this resolution did not withhold the funding, but simply stated opposition to the name change. If the library board... Um, changes their name, I will put a motion and a resolution on the board's agenda to withhold our $392,000 and bring it back to the county. What that would mean is we would withdraw from the regional library system. Adams said the library would not close and service would continue. For comparison, Fluvanna Public Library is independent of JMRL, and the county's budget is $457,442 for fiscal year 2023. Adams also noted that there is no outcry against the name of the Thomas Jefferson Planning District or that there is a tobacco leaf on the Louisa County seal. I think at some point we have to recognize that history and people is both good and bad. And yes, the institution of slavery was evil. It was awful. It was despicable. And I don't think anybody would ever try to justify it. Cuckoo District Supervisor Willie Gentry said he wanted to know more information about what the new name might be. Kind of hard to say you oppose something when you don't know really what it's going to. The second thing is the name on the building is a Louisa County Library. Gentry, Adams and the rest of the board voted to oppose the name change. The next meeting of the JMRL Board of Trustees will be held on June 27th at the Northside Library beginning at 3 p.m. Virginia has now participated in six auctions brokered by the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, an interstate compact that seeks to incentivize investment in new sources of power generation that produce fewer greenhouse gas emissions. The Commonwealth joined the program in 2020, and legacy generators of electricity must purchase credits to exceed caps authorized by the General Assembly that year. The latest auction was held earlier this month, and Virginia will receive $76,418,182.90. By the terms of the state code, Virginia will direct 45% through the Community Flood Preparedness Fund and 50% to support energy efficiency programs for low-income households. Governor Glenn Youngkin has pledged to withdraw Virginia from Reggie out of a concern that energy companies such as Dominion pass on the costs to consumers. Earlier this year, he signed an executive order seeking that outcome, but that action would require action by the General Assembly. Legislation to withdraw did not pass, but the issue is likely to come back. At the local level, the city of Charlottesville will hold a virtual workshop tonight on the Climate Vulnerability Assessment, which the city will use in their creation of a climate action plan. Top hazards identified are an increase in violent storms and periods of extreme heat. If you want to attend, you'll have to register in advance. There's a link in the newsletter. 
You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. In today's second subscriber-supported shout-out, on Saturday, June 11th, the Charlottesville Jazz Society and WTJU present Michael Bissio in a solo acoustic bass performance. Bissio is touring in support of his new solo bass recording, Inimitable. Opening for Michael Bissio will be Richmond violinist and electronics artist Zakaria Cronomer. The concert at Visible Records on Broadway Avenue will begin at 8 p.m. A suggested donation of $10 at the door is requested. For more information, visit cvillejazz.org or call 434-249-6191. We've got one more segment to go today. Hotel occupancy in Albemarle and Charlottesville continues to rebound, with overnight stats in April of this year slightly above the previous year, but still below pre-pandemic levels. Courtney Kakation is the executive director of the Charlottesville Albemarle Convention and Visitors Bureau. We're recovering a bit. Uh, Our hotel occupancy is still uh, limited because of our workforce uh, here. Kakation provided that information to City Council at a work session on Monday that served as an introduction to the agency, which was created in 1979 to promote tourism in the area. She said the CACVB never stopped advertising during the pandemic, so she said there is pent-up demand reflected in the average daily rates. This April, that figure was over $170 a day, compared to around $100 in April of 2021. Um, The mission is really to enhance um, the economy, specifically in the tourism industry, and to generate tax revenue for the city and the county. And we reinvest that funding back into the tourism economy to start that that funnel again. Kakation has been in her position since August of 2019, several months before the pandemic hit. The agency's main source of funding is through the transient occupancy tax levied by Albemarle and Charlottesville, in addition to grants. The CACVB's budget lags two years behind collection, which explains why the fiscal year 23 budget of $1.72 million is lower than the fiscal year 22 budget of just over $2 million. Much of the funding goes into marketing. And that marketing includes advertising, public relations, and sales efforts. We're the storytellers for Charlottesville and Albemarle, and we get to tell people who don't live here what we want them to know about us so that they come to visit. CACVB also served as a pass-through agent for $680,000 in American Rescue Plan Act funding that originated from the Virginia Tourism Council, as well as $750,000 in ARPA funding from Albemarle County. One of the marketing initiatives targeted to a national audience is called Discover Black Seaville, which went live on March 27th. That began in August of 2020 with listening sessions with black businesses and attractions. It was really important to me that we were making sure that our community had buy-in before we launched nationally. And you could tell on launch day how much community buy-in and, and positivity had been created by this effort. The initial launch weekend led to several articles, and there's links in the newsletter. Charlottesville Vice Mayor Juan Diego Wade was on hand for the event. It was a room full of, you know, writers from different newspapers and, you know, I, I love meeting new people, so it didn't take much for me to get in there and talk to them. So it was great. It was just a perfect weekend. And um, as far as the weather, the activity, it was smelling good outside with the different food. So uh, I hope they enjoyed it. It looked like they, they did. <laughs> so. 
Counselor Sina McGill said she really liked what CACVB is doing with Discover Black Seville, but said she was concerned about any funds being used to pay for short-term rentals that may not be properly registered with the city. If, we're, if the city is paying a large chunk of money and then we are providing advertising space for companies who are breaking our zoning laws <laughs> and impinging upon our affordable housing stock. <laughs> um, I, I, typically not paying the taxes either. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I, I have some issues with that. Kikation said she would look into the matter. The board of directors for the CACVB next meet on July 11th. Check the public notices section of their website for more information. For more information in the future, please stay tuned to further episodes of Charlottesville Community Engagement. I am your host, Sean Tubbs, and I just want to say here at the end, I apologize for the Donald Duck attempt at the beginning. I think that doing funny voices on a podcast is certainly not something that I should be doing. Literally the best quote ever. Of course, it's something I've been doing this entire time, and you've been listening, uh, hopefully, since the beginning. This is episode 393. Uh, What happens if I get to episode 939? What will we learn between now and then? Well, certainly, I hope to get there, and uh, to get there, I'm hoping that you might consider a contribution through Substack. If you do, the company Ting will match your initial payment, which is fantastic. There is a lot going on in this community, and I am here to try to capture as much of it as possible through everything happening at Town Crier Productions. I really am glad that you were listening and along for the ride. Uh, Please uh, send this on to other people so that they might also benefit from the various things that I report on. And of course, uh, if you have any ideas or conversations that you'd like to hear, let me know. I'm always looking for feedback. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this program. Thank you very much, and goodbye. (laughs) 